Next on BYUSN, four Power 5 home games this fall. How many wins do the Cougars need to feel comfortable about bowl eligibility? And the exciting Puka Nakua live in studio as he gets ready for this month's NFL Draft. Let's go, baby. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, April 7th. I am Jerem Jordan alongside Dave McCann. Nice win for the baseball team last night at Miller Park. Good pitching, good defense, timely hitting. It's a simple game when those three things it happen. It can be, right? And they finally got it to happen in that series opener. Makes tonight big because they've had a hard time doing it back-to-back. But uh, got to get off to a good start, and they did. Trent Pratt was a relieved guy after the game. Absolutely. Uh, and when you didn't need much relief on the mound either when you go eight innings yeah. uh, with Mason Olsen. It was great. How about 120 pitches? Now, Vern Law is probably like, that was like the, an average Tuesday for me. <laughs> <laughs> back with the Pirates, the Deacon back in the day. Crowd was a good size. Yeah. It's starting to get warmer. starting to feel like spring baseball. So it should be fun tonight, but it was, it was a nice, nice start. Yeah, it was night. a beautiful game, beautiful day. We got a great show today, football's home schedule. We'll analyze it. What are our expectations to get bowl eligible? How important is that home slate? Full discussion coming up. Puka Nakua on the Cougars and the NFL Draft. What does the Flash and the Pac-12 have in common? We'll discuss. <laughs> and a rare local tournament for the women's golf team. Seniors Alicia May Mateo and Anik Hutskovich are in studio as we kick off Easter weekend, and let's begin with the headlines. Baseball, as mentioned, beat San Francisco 6-2 in game one of the series, led by junior Mason Olsen, who threw 120 pitches over eight innings, six Ks, no walks. Fantastic performance on the mound. Jacob Wilk and Ryan Sapiti hit homers as well. Game two tonight, 8 Eastern on BYU TV, the BYU TV app, and the BYU radio app. Tomorrow's game is at 3 Eastern. Softball finally gets to their WCC opener it's today a doubleheader at Santa Clara. First game at 6.30 Eastern time, second game at 9 Eastern. They're on the road, good sign for night games because there's an 80% chance of rain in Santa Clara this morning. They just can't get good weather. That's crazy, man. Okay, to the Masters, Mike Weir, 2003 champ, shot a 72 in round one yesterday, is currently two over through four, tied for 50th. How about yesterday? He beats Tiger Woods and ties Rory Matthew. Not bad. Great start. Ashley Hatch and the USA women's soccer team. The national team playing the Republic of Ireland tomorrow afternoon, 2.30 Eastern. That's in Austin, Texas. Team USA has a couple of friendlies left before the final roster decisions are made for the World Cup, which starts in 103 days. Do you think if they called them unfriendlies, more people would watch? When it's Mexico and uh, the United States, it's certainly unfriendly. Uh, but if Ashley Hatch makes the World Cup roster, she'd be the first Cougar men or women to ever make a World Cup. Wow. Uh, which would be pretty cool. She's got a great chance to. Track and field competing at the Trojan Invitational in LA. The men are currently ranked second in the country. Not bad, the women are ranked 11th. Tennis, anyone? BYU hosts San Francisco this morning. It's a 10.30 local start, 12.30 Eastern time. And the Cougars host Santa Clara tomorrow at 1 Eastern. And BYU, athletic department, 24th in the Winter Learfield Directors' Cup standings. Scoring points from indoor track and field. The new Big 12 has only one program outside the top 90. Pretty notable, the Cougars would be second in the league behind Texas at two, Oklahoma State at 28 behind the Cougars. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Catch made by Keanu Hill. 
BYU embarks on its first Big 12 schedule, which features nine league games and a road game at Arkansas. Hey, 10P5s, I've been asking for this for a long time. You're getting it. Uh, <laughs> did I? Uh, six home games, of course, four in league. Dave, how many games does BYU need to win at Lavelle Edwards Stadium to feel comfortable about bowl eligibility? We had a really good conversation about this during our middle of the night production meeting. <laughs> Uh, at 7.30. AK 7.30 a.m. AK 7.30. Uh, and we started looking at the home slate. BYU's got to get to six to get bowl eligible, right? Yep. So they got six home games. Uh, are they going to win all their home games? Probably not. Uh, they got six P5s on the road. So we went back about to the that? home. Yeah. We went back to the home games. We thought, all right, let's circle some wins. How many of these games do they have to win to get to bowl eligibility, or at least to feel good about their chances when going on to the road. And, uh, and let's take a look at, at the home slate. Sam Houston and Southern Utah out of the gate, those are must wins. Yeah, Sam Houston, formerly a tremendous FCS team. This will be their first year in FBS, but you feel like, hey, you got to win those first two, of course. Yeah, and so you're, let's say you give them two there. Okay. Then you got Cincinnati, on a Texas Friday night. Tech, yep. Iowa State, Oklahoma. Now, Cincinnati is an interesting football program because just a couple of years ago they were in the show, right? Yep. But they've got a new head coach, and a new head coach brings a new system in. Yep. And a Scott lot of players leave. Yep. A lot of players uh, have come to the Bearcats. That feels like a winnable game. They've been here before, and BYU's beaten them yes. here before. Yes, they're a different program than they were, but I agree. Uh, the expectation would be that you win at home. Uh, Texas Tech was a team that was good at times uh, last year. Iowa State, you know, two years ago was in the Big 12 title game. Matt Campbell does a nice job with that program. But they, they aren't the strongest. And then, of course, Oklahoma, huge name, most talented team in the league, typically with Texas, of course. My hope here, and tell me what you think, is that BYU gets two of those four Big 12 games for four and two total. Then you only have to get two on the road to get six. Yeah. That feels reasonable to think four and two. Now, if you go three and three at home, you, you've got to go and get three road games. I would hope BYU goes at least four and two, if not five and one. Is it blue goggle to say they could win five home games? When you look at Texas Tech and Little Iowa bit. State, yeah, Tiny maybe bit. it is. Um, but those two programs at home, uh, and again, late November, who knows who's quarterback for either team? And who's like how banged up is BYU or, in its uh, first season ever against 10 P5? Right, and history's not on our side. Right, we're yeah. usually beaten up in November. Yep. But in the event that we come through October healthy, uh, with Iowa State and Oklahoma down the stretch, um, is it is it a stretch to say five? I would say it's possible because it's at home. Mm -hmm. Magical things here happen. Yes. Uh, and the, and the altitude and the fans and all that stuff and it's all newness coming from these Big 12 teams. Yes. Oklahoma's never been here before. Iowa State, I think, like, what, 50 years or something crazy. Yeah. Last time they've Gary been Gary Shady, I think, uh, might have beaten Iowa State. Texas Tech, way back if ever. Yep. Um, and so it'll be new for them, just as it'll be new for BYU to go play um, West Virginia, for example. BYU is really good at home at night. We started chronicling it early last year. Obviously, there were a few disappointing home losses. BYU's not invincible at home, but they're certainly uniquely good because – uh, it's, it's late, uh, and these teams that come west, it's different than when, right. like when BYU goes back east, it's tough, right? So the hope is that BYU can at least win two of the four home games against uh, Power 5 competition in the Big 12. Certainly since he is like a new guy in the league with BYU, that's like a fair fight. Texas Tech feels like a fair fight. Iowa State feels like a fair fight. Oklahoma certainly is going to be a favorite against BYU in Provo. 
And preseason prognostications, not friendly to the Cougars at the moment. No. ESPN Football Power Index SP Plus has BYU at 62. Now, 62 is not the worst, but it is the worst going into the Big 12 of all the teams. I believe BYU will, will achieve higher than that by the end of the season. I think BYU is going to be a top uh, 50 team. All right, so let's go with your 4-2 and two at home. Okay. And it, like election night, we'll go and forecast which states yep. uh, the candidates are going to win. So if you've got four games at home, now you go out on the road, you've got six P5s. You can get you've two You've got to win at least two. Yeah. Well, who are those two? It's a good question. So let's look at it. Is at Kansas our, the best chance to get one on the road? Um, uh, numerically, yes, uh, and historically. Kansas had a really nice year last year. Jalen Daniels, a tremendous quarterback, is coming back. When they struggled down the stretch, he was injured. Um, they host game day. They're 4-0. Nate yeah. Mickle lives there. Great, he teaches at Kansas. It was there. great. Um, but the, they're still Kansas. Let's not get crazy over one year. At Arkansas is tough. I'd pencil in a loss there. If BYU wins that, that's amazing. Kansas, go and get a win there. TCU coming off the uh, national championship game. That's a tough one on the road. Texas. BYU's had nice history there. Um, so we'll see what, that happen, what happens there. West Virginia feels like a winnable game on the road. although It's the, it's the furthest away. Yes, it is. It's the McAfee-Van Noy game. Uh, and then Oklahoma State. It's going to be a tough one as well. And you look at the FPI there. <sighs> there's, not, there's not a gimme. There's not a team that's 70-plus where you go, hey, we can go win that. Put yourself in their perspective. And, and which of those teams are going, oh, no, BYU's coming in? Or are they going, when you look at sweet, B- BYU's coming in? When you look at BYU, certainly it carries a brand um, where you go, oh, this is a tough team. And BYU has gone on the road and won some significant games in the past Whatever years of independence, right? This is not, it's not going to be new for BYU to show up at Texas and be like, oh my gosh, there's 100,000 people here. They've won in that building, uh, Darrell K. Royal Stadium, you were there, in 2014. Um, West Virginia can be one. Kansas can be one. Uh, th- those are the two. The thing that happens, though, is it never plays out like you think. Right. Like, BYU is going to go to Stillwater and beat Oklahoma State, and we didn't see it coming. Just maybe. like my tournament bracket. <laughs> you know, you're like, Everybody's tournament bracket this year. Um, yeah, with, with FPI, certainly it looks like a challenge. But um, let's say BYU's defense is not in the 90s like last year. Let's say it's in the 60s or 70s. Okay. Let's say offensively, BYU is just a touch uh, behind what they were last year. Let's say they're, and they're in the, the 30s. Football on the ground better than last year. Yes, and BYU, granted, BYU actually ran it better than you think. BYU just really struggled on moments. third and short. Yeah. Third and three specifically, BYU was 7 for 14. That was, that was tough. BYU, I think, I think we all are kind of nervous and scared to think that BYU could maybe not make a bowl game, but that we also don't want to admit, like, mm, I want to think they'll win eight, but we've been burned by this idea before. It's April. It's all good. Yeah, it's going to add a few guys. April. Yeah. I am excited, though, about just the opportunity. We have begged for this opportunity right. to be a P5 team to prove ourselves. Certainly don't do it in one year, but this sets the stage because we see what we have this year and then we look at next year and we go, oh, what could next year's schedule look like be uh, or, or be? We don't know exactly, but we know that if BYU plays Kansas, TCU, West Virginia, or Oklahoma State, that would be in Provo. Right. If BYU plays Cincinnati, Texas Tech, or Iowa State, that would be on the road. Now, Baylor, we'd like to think that that'd be on the road because they just played uh, last year. Uh, in, in 24, UCF, Houston, Kansas State are the TBDs. We have no inkling of pods, 
uh, rotations, how it's going to work when there's only 12. Just some assumptions that yes. if Texas and Oklahoma are gone, then the two big dogs are coming to Provo, which would be TCU and Oklahoma State. Yes. And, that's and we did not think TCU would be one of those big dogs a year ago. They're, things they're, they're things bar, can they're change quickly. Now. Kansas State, it's like, well, what about us? Uh, we won the Big 12 uh, the year before that, Baylor. So who knows uh, what the league looks like, but doesn't it just feel good to, we have lived on our own, like, ranch in the wilderness, in the desert, and now we're, like, in the city in a neighborhood, yeah, and great. we're like, oh, we have neighbors. There's a pool, there's stores. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be we fun. We don't do anything by ourselves, but if you go back to the home games, which you have the best shot of winning, Yep. right? So if you can get five of the six. That'd be awesome. It would be awesome, and maybe more controllable than going on the road and winning two of those six on Yeah, the what's, road? what's more likely to happen? BYU wins three games on the road or five at home? Five at home, just based on home because field advantage. Ho- because how good BYU is at home. And then if you have to just go shopping for one of those six, I like the chance. That, that'd be better. nice. Well, if BYU wins five at home, we're going for eight wins. We're going for eight wins. Because yeah. I'm confident BYU is going to win two of those six. It feels like that Kansas game on the road, which is the first Sets one. Sets the tone. Is the swing yes. of... How are we going to do in this first year in the league? Because you'd be at least three and one at that point, you'd like to think, yeah. after, uh, after the first three. So, yeah, we'll see what that looks like. Okay, our question of the day is this. How many home wins does BYU need this season to feel comfortable about becoming bowl eligible? Weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Sarah Bobo on Instagram. I think four. Absolutely three, but I do, not, I do think four wins are probably necessary this coming season. Home field advantage can be pretty big at LES. I agree. Plus, I want to see as many wins as possible in person this season. I think LES this year is going to be dynamite. I think uh, there's the first two games, we're all stoked BYU's in the Big 12. Not the biggest names, but exciting. And then every game after that is Big 12. I mean, that is going to be Awesome. We're going to ask Puka that question. He just came in and sat down with us. Well, how many he, how Puka's going to be like us. He's going to be watching yeah. as well. Yeah. He'll be watching. Yeah. That's going to be awesome, man. Baseball tonight on Friday night, Easter weekend. Cougars in San Francisco. You can see it live on BYU TV, the BYU TV app, and you can listen on the BYU radio app. First pitch is at 8 Eastern. Gary Scheide and I and, Gre- uh, and Jason Shepard have the TV call. Greg Rubel anchoring our radio coverage. There he is. Puka Nakua coming up after the break. Gets us ready for the NFL Draft. This is BYU Sports Nation. Still trying, still in the fight, in the grind, and staying, staying ready. <laughs> and he is getting ready for the NFL draft coming up in, what, two weeks from now? Yeah. Yeah, two weeks from now. Let's go. Three weeks. Check that. Three weeks. Jeremy Jordan alongside Dave McCann. Uh, we're not going to be in the NFL draft, no. but our next guy is. He's Puka Nakua in the studio. Puka, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, life is good. I can't complain. It's been nice. I've been missing the snow, so I'm sure everybody hasn't been excited about Have it. Have you really been? Oh, you, you haven't been missing you haven't been missing it. You've been missing it. Yeah, exactly. You've been yeah. in California. Yeah, yeah, I've been in California, so I just been, <laughs> to come back, it's been nice. I've enjoyed it. <laughs> Let me tell you what you missed. Uh, uh, like the worst spring ever. For it, it was sports. terrible. <laughs> but it's warming up now. So you were listening to our conversation a minute ago. The home schedule. How many games does BYU need to win 
next fall, in your opinion, to feel comfortable about getting bowl eligible? I think I think five. I, I, playing at LES is something where all the boys should feel comfortable. And I'm excited. Like there's no other place like playing here at LES. So that the confidence that that should bring into playing in a, a new schedule and new teams flying in uh, to come play and visit here at Provo, like you got to give them a good butt whip when they come visit over here. <laughs> okay, you played Washington for two years. You've been in the Power Five league. You've seen what it takes to play that kind of season. How ready is BYU for a league like the Big 12 and the attrition that comes with 10 Power Five games? Yeah, I think that was something that will kind of the guys will kind of figure out. I think as you go through the season, when you when you first travel to that first away Big 12 game and you kind of come back, and then you're like, oh, we got that. We're coming back to that next week, or however the schedule might look like. And I think it will be a testament to um, the leaders on the team, and then also the coaching staff who's been here a while and just like being able to keep the energy because Kalani that's just how he operates of um, whether I think of back in our season when we lost four games and how much he was able to um, continue to be himself and how much that that energy that he brought allowed the leaders to like hey this is the energy we got to be able to maintain to to keep the momentum up because not every every week you expect to win but you don't always win every week so you got to be able to um, not let the losses set you farther back than a win. Well you've been through the locker room and we talked a moment ago during the break uh, as you walk through, you mentioned that uh, you didn't recognize a lot of the guys. What kind of player are you seeing as BYU preps for the Big 12? I think some fast guys. There are a little bit smaller fast guys out there. And then looking at like Kibo and Chase and like how big, how much bigger and uh, faster. I guess everybody looks like out there at practice. They had uh, some like sprint periods and stuff and guys are just moving around. Like guys are sprinting a lot more physical. Coach Hill uh, came in with a def definitely different mentality. So everybody looks like they're just running and being a little bit more physical during practice and stuff like that. But everybody seems to just be flying around. Like there's a new energy obviously with Coach Hill, but everybody seems to be excited because they're it's it's the unknown. So that's why they're, they're going for it. <laughs> Could be awesome, right? Uh, we know it's going to be challenging, but uh, we've begged for this challenge for a long time at BYU. <laughs> You. Talking to Puka Naku on BYU Sports Nation. Before we push forward with the NFL draft and pro day and senior day, uh, pro day and, and the senior bowl and whatnot, I want to go back to last year and sort of the struggle that was trying to stay healthy for you. Walk us through uh, the ankle injury against South Florida, and then I, you know, what after that I think hamstring and ankle kind of uh, messed with you after that. What what was last season like in terms of trying to just stay healthy? Uh, yeah, it was difficult. I, I've never. I played football and basketball like my entire life, did track and field. So like spraining my ankle was something that I guess like should kind of naturally happen in the sport, but never happened to me. So it was You like had the, never had one until South Florida. Yeah, that was my first, like it was a high ankle sprain. So like something that's uh, not easy compared, I guess, to like a, low, a normal ankle sprain. Um, so I was trying to like get all the research I can and like trying to be as active as I can to get that figured out. And then it's just uh, trying to find the balance, I guess, after that of like this, uh, my ankle as a wide receiver, I run a lot and do a lot of cuts. So like being able to load it the right amount during the week so I can be able to perform on Saturdays, but then also like the, the mobility work and the, the rehab to strengthen it enough so I can even get out there to practice so I can, because that if I cannot get out there and practice, give me showing up as much as I believe on my skills, showing up on Saturday, I might not be the biggest help to the team. So um, it wasn't easy, but I was able to get through it and uh, just being able to work out and um, true, I guess, work a different way in the offense of being able to be like, hey, uh, sometimes we did a lot of the jet sweeps and a lot of the phony motions where I was, as much as I, I know there were a lot of plays where I did get those, they were being a fake and allowed the other guys to excel in uh, running routes and being uh, to play off the, the leverages of the defense. So it was fun, but interesting for sure. <laughs> this play right here, first play from scrimmage, a jet sweep, you go 80 yards for a touchdown against South Florida. And then a couple possessions later, uh, you 
you tweak your ankle. Mm -hmm. I say tweak, you direct your ankle. <laughs> if you could do one thing differently last season, if you could do it over, would you have taped the ankle? <laughs> but did you not tape them because you had never had one? Yeah, I had never taped them just because I had never had an ankle. I mean, I feel like I do uh, my child's pose, my cat, like some, some mobility and stuff to help my ankles and strengthen yeah. them. So, uh, no, I don't, I'm not a fan of still taping ankles kind of to this day because I feel like uh, it restricts some of the mobility. It helps, uh, like, in a weaker ankle, I think it helps, like, to uh, build some support that you can kind of push off of. But I feel like I've been able to get my, my ankle healthy now. And um, no, it was Jaron. Jaron was the one who told me, he's like, yo, they're, they're, they're ready for the jet sweeps. Like, you got to bend it back a little bit and then cut up field. And I'm like, man, Jay Hall, like, just throw me the rock. Like, <laughs> I should have listened to him. He always knows best. Like, well, and, and he did later in, uh, inside the goal line, yeah. uh, near the goal line. Exactly. And uh, he got touched on there in the first quarter. That first quarter was amazing. I think it was 35 nothing at, yeah. at one point. Okay, uh, how, how tough was the decision to go pro? And how enticed were you to potentially be on BYU's first Big 12 team? Uh, it wasn't as easy as I thought. Uh, talking to my family, and <clears throat> it had been the lifelong dream of mine to play in the NFL. So, like, to have it, like, last year I thought about being able to be there with Sam, like, uh, the, what it would be like, but also felt like there was so much I left out on the table of uh, being able to finish off my career uh, in college and then also to develop more as a football player. So coming back, and Fest was a huge part in that, and being able to talk with Fest again this time around in a different uh, uh, circumstance, he provided a, a definite light in kind of looking at the situation. It was able to help me. Um, and then also talking to Kai and Sam were also very big parts, but it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. I thought I was like, oh, man, this is what I want. This is what I've been waiting for for all 21 years of my life. I'll be ready to walk away. And then thinking like, man, I could have another year. Like, we, if I were to come back, like, hey, I got to get Jaron to come back. Like, how, was, how nice that would have been. That, I mean, Blake would have came back. Like, we would have had a good, uh, a good little squad and trying to talk to those guys. And then it's hard because as pursuing the NFL now, it's, it's, it's still the team aspect of I want to go join an NFL team, but very individualized now. So nothing as, oh, like, uh, you went from being a team captain to 120 guys and always thinking that I got to put the team first. Like, how, this, how the team's going to succeed will allow me to succeed. Um, but it was very the opposite, I guess, in a little bit of that. So it's been nice to go to kind of go on my own journey and uh, experience these things, uh, going to the Senior Bowl and, like, the Combine. Um, being a part of that has been fun, but also very stressful. I guess the things I never thought about how stressful it would be. <laughs> At the Senior Bowl, and we hadn't seen you on the field since run, running that touchdown against Stanford because uh, you, you stayed out of the bowl game, mm -hmm. and you're having a good practice week down there, and all of a sudden, Wait, a concussion? What happened? How'd that, how'd that come about? Yeah, it was a little bit of a bummer. I actually, I was, I was hurt. Obviously, never want to get hurt. Um, but then uh, J.L. Skinner was the Boise State, uh, the safety, and we are, we're signed to the same agency. We've been training out in California together, so we're getting that. I'm always joking. I'm like, hey, I'm 1-0 on the Boise, the, the blue turf. Like, you, you remember that as much as well as I Everybody do. Everybody so. does. <laughs> we're talking about that, and I'm like, yeah, we didn't really have any matchup like plays against each other. I know he's a good player and somebody that we were um, expecting to play very well for them. And he did, but just never like any coverage that like we had against each other. So the one time he gets me, Jaron, Jaron actually threw me the ball. I ran a little sit round. He put on my outside shoulder, like, oh, I'm turning up field. And he had he had spaced out to the flat. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'm turning up field. And before I could even turn my head around, he just caught me and spun me the other way. And it was very early on in the practice where we were still in like a team, like fit tempo. And it just kind of caught me off guard. I, I made it through the rest of practice and meetings. But that night I was, I was going through and then woke up the next morning just not feeling good. But mm. 
From the concussion, I yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it was friendly fire. Yeah, friendly fire, a little bit. Yeah, not, not necessarily on Jay Hall, but I blame it on yeah Jay Hall. Well, I was like, yo, yeah, we're on the same team here, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> so that affects obviously kind of how involved you are in the Senior Bowl the rest of the week in the game. We don't see you. And then in Indianapolis, did that affect you as well to where you didn't participate outside of catch the route running? Yeah, uh, just because I had missed training and then I had an ingrown mm. toenail removed before the, the Senior Bowl as well. So I, oh. did, I wasn't running before the Senior Bowl, um, which was kind of like a bummer because, I mean, you got to be able to like practice your routes and be able to do all the footwork stuff. So um, it was nice that my first day went really well. That was, that was like a huge confidence boost. And then I was also like physically hurt. So it was, I, my body was mm. like torn. But yeah, that did. Uh, so that's why I didn't do the other than the position drills at the combine. Did you play through an ingrown toenail during the season? I've had an ingrown toenail before. It is yeah. not fun. Yeah, actually, I think I have probably one on my other toe now, too. But I didn't realize it just because I thought I'm a size 14 in cleats and Nike. Like you just run in and cut all day. So it's like oh, I'm always jamming my toe. So I never really thought about it. And it wasn't until my girlfriend was like, yeah, you should probably get it checked out. And I've, I almost passed out during the surgery. Like it was brutal. Oh. <laughs> just watching the big old chunk of nail don't that she watch. No, sorry, yeah, I, I didn't, nobody told me Mine you're not fell supposed off. to watch. <laughs> like the nail just fell oh, off. It was on my mission actually walking around. That probably actually might sound better. That it would just like all fall off. It'd be probably less painful. Yeah, that, that's no fun. <laughs> you're having an early lunch on the East Coast. We apologize. Yeah, yeah sorry. Viewer discretion advice. Yeah. So coming toenails. into pro day, you, do you, are you feeling a bit of a mystery because, um, because of all these things that have kind of held you back? And then you got every team has got somebody at at the indoor practice facility to watch you. Did you feel this was your moment? Um, yeah, a little bit of a mystery, but I guess like exciting is what I've been training for and been waiting for. So even though through the ups and downs, like just being able, it's kind of just like coming up to Saturday, like oh, I got to, there's certain things you do through the week to make it through Saturday. So that was like kind of the moment, even though, um, wasn't as as healthy as I felt like I could have been, but I was able to make it through and do perform as well as I thought I could. And definitely some kind of mystery and just the intensity of the moment. It was definitely like a a, the, a weird feeling, kind of just like you mentioned, all 32 teams are just kind of there watching. And every time you do something, they're like, all right. <laughs> You got it. And you're like, what did you write down? Like, and you're like, oh, what did you write like, down? What did you write so, down? So much mystery in there. Just like, and they like, they all have their 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 names on their thing, but then they just like kind of like they have a hat or like something that they can kind of look down. They just like look, uh, give you that look, and you're like, oh. And it's like uh, their facial expressions. I just you just don't know how to take it. I'm like, man, I'm trying my best out here. This is like this is how I don't know how to do it other other than this way. So um, it was exciting and just to have my brothers out there. They haven't let it down that I'm think I'm the slowest one out there now. So even though I know if we were to get based there, on forty, you're the yeah, slowest? based based on forty, I'm the slowest. But if we get out there and line up, uh, we're running one on ones. I'm toasting Kai and me and Samson. He might have a step on me, but I think uh, I'd get him for sure. <laughs> Is your football speed faster than your 40 speed? Because I get the sense that, okay, yes, at pro day, we look at your numbers. They're, you know, middle of the pack among receivers. But when you're on the field, you're the best receiver out there. Um, what's the sense you get and kind of your sell to the scouts of, like, Check out the film the <laughs> most. There's plenty of film. There's plenty of film to yeah, look at. Yeah, I guess that's that, that's kind of been my thing. I feel like I'm very confident in my speed, but there's definitely like a technique aspect to it that I was still trying to figure out, and I, I wasn't able to get down as well as I could have. But uh, I feel like I play the game really fast. I'm very confident in being able to um, understand the leverages of the defense, what coverage we're going to get, and uh, truly understanding the offense. I feel like it allows me to play as fast as I can. And when uh, or you're reading and reacting, I feel like that's when you play as fast. I'm not, not thinking as much about uh, where my hand's got to be, where my stride is got to hit for each step at, at the 10, the 20 mark, and stuff like that. So 
the game of football has been something that I do. I've been doing for a really long time. It comes like so naturally to me. So I feel like I, I really do believe I'm a lot faster than what I showed. <laughs> You're a very different receiver from Samson. Mm -hmm. Last year, you were right there with us watching him every step through his pro day. Made a lot of headlines. Yeah. Kind of won the day. Uh, gets invited to the Colts camp. Uh, and, and it's so hard to make an NFL roster. He doesn't make the roster. What did you learn from Big Brother watching him go through that that's helping you now as you're a few weeks away from that same experience? Um, getting in shape, like just like running shape of just like how much, uh, like all that stuff, like we we're, we we're just barely training for the 40 or the 225 bench where it's like that not that doesn't necessarily uh, translate to what we're going to do in, in camp where we're going to be running plays and we're going to be tackling and hitting each other. So trying to uh, get back in running shape and being like in football shape, but there's no, it's hard to, I can't go out and hit guys for 20 periods at, at randomly during the middle of the day, like I guess right now. So just running as much as I can and then trying to stay healthy, take care of my bodies. Uh, injuries have been something I have to deal with uh, and everybody has to deal with, but uh, building my routine and making sure when I get out there, I can, uh, uh, use my body as best as I can every single day to to make that roster. <laughs> Do you expect to be drafted? Um, honestly, I'm not. I'm not sure. I wish I knew. I feel like I. I feel like I am better, and I, hopefully the coaches can see that through my tape and uh, the things that I've been able to show on the football field on Saturdays. But uh, um, honestly, just right now, I feel like I, I know there's some teams that I've talked to that like me, and I just I feel like I need an opportunity, a team that's gonna like me, and I, I know that I can prove to them that they, they it was worth the risk. <laughs> Who are some of the teams that have contacted you? Um, I spoke to the Jets, um, the Cardinals, the the Ravens, the Bills, um, the Chiefs, and the Raiders, or the Patriots as well. So a good amount of teams. That's awesome. That, yeah, so it, it feels like I, I, I have opportunity, but I just kind of never know. So The Chiefs, I know, were interested in you, and they spent some time with you at, at Pro Day, mm -hmm. uh, and, and they got the Andy Reid offense and Patrick Mahomes. And, yeah. And, and we're just like, how, Puka would, the, he's tailor-made. It just feels beautiful. It feels <laughs> right. like a great It's like fit. the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, and it would be right. It's just a BYU fit, obviously, with Coach Andy Reid, and it was uh, um, Chad Lewis who came over to me and introduced me to the scout over there at Pro Day, and they were like, man, we just got, got rid of Juju. And I was like, man, I love Juju. He's one of the other poly receivers out there, but also I'd love to come fill the spot that he's no longer in anymore, so it would be exciting. But anywhere, anywhere, I just need an opportunity. As somewhere I could play number, wear number 12, too. That'd be nice. And wear number 12. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That we'll keep an eye on that. <laughs> Although uh, you're not so picky, you wouldn't want to go somewhere just because 12 isn't there. No, true. Right? true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, just checking. Well, best of luck with everything. Um, we expect your name to be called in the NFL draft, and hopefully it is, and hopefully it's a great fit. And then you join the uh, the homies in the league, and you join your brothers in having at least, you know, uh, tasted the glory, as Nacho Libre said, uh, in the <laughs> NFL. So. Best of luck with everything, and thanks for coming in. Thank you, yeah. Kai and Sam both got a touch on the NFL, so, like, yep. Sam did it in his first, like, preseason, so I got, that's, yep. like, the, that's, the, that's the mark. At I least get one, yeah. if not a <laughs> hundred, yeah. Exactly. Thanks, Puka. Thanks Best of luck on. this week. Good to see you. Hey, if you missed any of our interviews or content uh, or any shows or games. Or any Puka all, Nakua touchdowns. Any they're all at BYUSN.com. Yes, Download the BYU TV app. They get all the BYU TV sports content on demand. And if I'm an NFL scout, I'm just watching that touchdown against Boise State. That tells over me, and over and over again. That tells me a lot, and that's just one of many. What do superheroes and TV contracts have to do with each other? And did Tom Homo just get his new Halloween costume idea for next year? We'll tell you in the whip after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. Interact with the show and get great content throughout the day. 
Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Dave, I'm Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Google Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Pac-12 Network now receiving interest from the CW for a possible television deal. Would a Pac-12 live tour combo work, or would you be more interested in a Pac-12 Arrowverse combo? I watched about four seasons of the Arrow, uh, then I stopped. Uh, the Flash was pretty good as well. It's the latest TV, uh, you know, brought up, and the, they can certainly do better uh, than Maybe Ion not. Television and CW. You'd think, but it's not going great right now. Yeah. The, the longer it goes, it, it, the weirder it gets. <laughs> the weirder it People gets. People have brought up BYU TV, and then we had students going, "Are we doing Pac-12 games?" I'm like, "This is a joke. We're not doing Pac-12 games." They're in their own universe TV. now, but the, the yeah. Big 12 jumped them on that TV deal, and it just had thrown them off. And now they're talking about what midsummer, maybe, to announce. Yeah. And that doesn't bode well for a league trying to hold itself together. They got a couple years before they actually really need it, but certainly you want to get that locked in. When you see a potential transfer receiving interest uh, or having interest in BYU, what's the first thing you check on about that transfer? How tall they are, number one. And then what did they do last year? We're BYU thinking men's hoops specifically. Men's hoops yep. specifically. Yep. Need a giant center. And, the, and there's over a thousand kids in the portal now for men's basketball. And, and so that, that jumps out. Uh, for football, a receiver? <laughs> And, Are you and, a receiver? And how, how good they were, but it's all basketball right now, it feels, because the football portal hasn't really opened. I mean, that's coming up. The basketball yes. portal is wide open. We're eight days away from the and, uh, uh, and for basketball, I go, okay, how tall are we? What are you? I look at uh, points per game, typically, productivity. Um, if I feel strong there, go to Ken Palm, look at efficiency ratings and whatever, like how, how good were they? Yeah, um, and then kind of kind of fit, eligibility, how much left, what position. Yeah, you just, but the first thing is like, how many points we're getting? Points and size. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Big Game Boomer ranks Kalani Sataki as the 14th most friendliest college football coach in America. 14th? Yeah. I can't imagine how friendly the other 13 <laughs> There's 13 be. friendlier do guys. Do you want a coach to be friendly? I, I do, but we're not talking about on the field. We're talking about at the coaches show when you take a picture after, probably, right? Um, no, in the heat of battle, Kalani is as fierce as they come. Um, just look at 2016 when BYU played at Utah, and speaking of the Nakua's, Kai Nakua gets ejected for targeting, and Kalani is sarcastically clapping at the referees. <laughs> and then the next play, there's an interception, and he just freaks out like we all do. Love it, nice guys, but when it's time for a call to arms, you gotta have a general patent. He's ready to go. He's ready to go. FanDuel has one Big 12 team, Texas, in the top 14 teams in odds to win the national championship. Do we want Texas or Oklahoma to be the best team in the conference next year? Why not? Uh, and, and Texas is going to get a lot of hype, and BYU plays at Texas, so I just didn't have Texas ranked as high as possible when BYU goes there. And if BYU beats them again there, then, then all the better. And if they, if they go and they get beat by Texas, you don't lose anything because Texas is already, you know, branded as the, as the best. Um, and, and if Oklahoma's ranked in the top five coming here in November, that's a win-win for BYU. So, yeah, I, I rank them as high. Get them as high as they, as they can be. They certainly haven't been the best teams in the league the last two years. No. Baylor's, uh, Baylor beat Oklahoma State, and then TCU beat Kansas State beat TCU. So, When's the last time Texas even won the conference? You gotta go back. I thought they were back. Uh, we've been told this several times. No, certainly massive brands. Most talented teams in terms of uh, recruiting ratings and whatnot. 
I don't really care if they're that good. Um, it's one year and then it's like the other homies. Yeah. If they were really good when BYU plays them, like you said, I like that at the end of the year, ultimately, they haven't shown the last two years that they will be one of the top two teams quite yet. Cougarettes are competing in the DCA NDA Collegiate Cheer and Dance Championships this weekend. How many national titles do you expect them to pick up? Uh, one or two. That's what they do normally. They got um, 22. Yes, overall. they do. Uh, they, they, they are BYU's uh, best team. Um, we talk about cross country winning that. The best team on campus is the Cougarettes, yeah. and they are unbelievable. So and you know what? The crowd now acknowledges that. They know. Where I've they seen multiple out. tweets in TweetDeck, BYU column, just like, whoa, BYU! It's like every year people are surprised. Come on now. Trevor Perkins uh, tweeted out this photo of a statue in Florence, Italy with the following caption. Last week on a trip to Florence, Italy and came across this statue at Orson Michel that looks curiously like Tom Homo with the beard. Am I wrong? I looked it up. It's Saint Eligius. Uh, Tom Homo replied to the tweet with, um, hmm, Halloween idea. Uh, what's the chance Tom is Saint Eligius next Halloween? You know, he doesn't like to uh, do any pre-reveals. Yes, that's right. So I have a feeling that this is off. <laughs> it's now off the I, table. I think it's not going to happen because we've seen it. Yep. But uh, he would be good. He can now pick whatever he wants. I to don't do. think that a dude who's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is going to dress up like Saint Eligius. I just think the religious thing is, he's not going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Plus we've seen it. And we've surprised. Seen yeah. He likes to walk in and have everything. It's not because Tom's what? anti, it's just not going to mix the streams, I guess. Yeah. Okay, golf is on the mind after the break as we chat with uh, women's golfers Anik Hutchkovich and Alicia May Mateo. Ballers in the house. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to Studio B. Jerem joined alongside Dave McCann. Golf's on the mind. It's heating up. About to get out on the links a little bit. And of course at BYU there's great golf, especially on the women's side as we welcome to Studio B. Alicia May Mateo and Anik Hutchkovich from the women's golf team. How you guys doing? Great. Yeah, You're great. ready to actually get out there and yes. golf given the snow's gone away and now yes, you can actually finally. play a little bit? <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Okay, so of course Masters, masters uh, on the mind, but you guys are hosting uh, a tournament next week, which will be awesome. And we're told this is the, the only home tournament you guys have had due to COVID and some weird stuff. Anik, what's that going to be like to actually play at home? So exciting. I mean, we've been asking Coach for a home tournament at Riverside since five like, years now. yeah, five years yeah. since freshman year. I mean, we've played in St. George several times, but you know, it's not Riverside. It's not the Riverside Classic. So we're really excited, you know, for everyone to come out and be at our home course. And we see the team out there all the time. You've been preparing for years for Monday and Tuesday. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's great as seniors, fifth years actually, finally getting this chance and hopefully people can come out and watch us see what we do when we're away for however many weeks that we're in school. So, yeah. One Monday thing, and Tuesday morning, show up at Riverside and watch. One thing yeah. I've noticed is when the two of you are away with the team playing, it's, uh, it's Hawaii. <laughs> Where Alicia's from, yep. It's Florida, it's paradise. Any so, Vegas in there for you, Anique? Yeah, yeah, a few times, Very yeah. nice, very nice. And the conference championships have been in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Are they there again here in a couple of weeks or do they move them? No, actually in Bremerton, Washington. That has to be better than uh, the wind of Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, true. For that yeah. Tournament. I mean, we're probably would get downpoured. Yeah. yeah. That's true. It might be a little wet, but hey, you guys play through whatever conditions. Um, you mentioned the fifth year thing. You're both fifth year seniors, right? 
Was there no question, Anique, that you would take the fifth year? And then Alicia, you can answer in a second. Yeah, we both are, have always kind of been on the same page. We kind of committed here together. We've lived together for the past five years. You've so. lived together the past five <laughs> yeah, years? Yeah, seriously. We've been roommates since Very cool. day one. And yep. so, yeah, it's always been like a 100% for the both of us. Yeah. Um, same. I mean, I guess Anique answered it for me as well. But, yeah, I was planning on staying five years anyways to get my master's. So it worked out perfectly sports in school. You're on a nice run of top 11 finishes over the last <laughs> handful of tournaments. What's, what, 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 what's working for you? What, what's going on with your game right now? Um, I think ball striking is a lot better since last semester. Last semester didn't go so well um, mentally. Just trying to stay calm and focused and not really worry about what the score is. So I think that's been kind of the main focus of just staying focused and staying calm and not worrying too much about what's going on. And Anique, what's the next step for your game right now? Uh, honestly, just have fun. It's the last few events ever in college golf, so kind of just go out there and give it my all. Just have a fun time. One thing I've noticed is Danny Ainge will play with, <laughs> with your group quite a bit over the last few years. How many times have you beat him? Probably like six and one. You're six and one <laughs> I'm against I'm kidding. Ainge. That's probably dramatic. But, <laughs> but it's one-sided. The team will always take him. He's a pretty good golfer. Oh, yes. But yeah. he likes to get out there and mix it up with you. He, he, we joke that he's our mental coach, our putting coach. Yeah. He sends us texts. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just he's fun to be around, and he's a, he's a good competitor on the golf course, too, if people didn't know. He does compete. We learned that from yeah. the last dance. He uh, does because compete. during the finals, <laughs> yeah. Witten competed with uh, Michael Jordan, right, which is fun. Um, who, who else have you played with that has been sort of like, oh, this is cool. They, they want to come play with the team. Uh, it's usually like a match between Alicia and I yeah. and Brian Santiago and then Danny. So we have this like running mm. match and we kind of get matches in whenever we can. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think yeah. that's How does cool. that go? Yeah, who's winning this match? It's... That's the one that we're talking about. I mean, yeah. we've been on a... <laughs> Recently in Hawaii we played, but it wasn't with Danny. It was yeah, with that, that doesn't count. Doesn't count, but... <laughs> <laughs> it was For the inconvenient. most part... Yeah. We're on a I think win streak, on, I, I think we're say. on the winning side, yeah. yeah. Have Ryan Smith and Dwayne Wade come over and hung out? Because I know they I play wish. occasionally, right? I mean, that would no. be cool if yeah. that happened. <laughs> okay. They hit up Riverside sometimes. Oh, yeah. We see them all the time, yeah. for sure. Just you're like, hey, Dwayne Wade. You guys there. would take <laughs> them. If, if you're if you're beating Ainge and Santiago, you'd, you'd beat these guys. <laughs> Ryan Smith's would, pretty good. I don't know about I don't, I don't know, know Dwayne's game. Probably yeah. pretty good. Probably pretty good, yeah. but... Uh, Angel Santiago, they can hit it. Yeah, and, and those guys are the least competitive guys ever, said no one. Uh, they want to compete. Okay, tell us about this competition and, and the intercollegiate you're going to host um, next week. Uh, who's coming in, and uh, do, you ex do you expect to win it because it's yours? We'll start 100%. with 100%. I mean, I think San Diego State's going to be there. Denver. Denver, obviously UVU. Uh, Northern Illinois. Yeah, there's, you, a there's some payback for Northern Illinois. We lost a football game a few years ago. You oh, okay, them, yeah. Okay? Oh, Just keep that okay. one. Yep. You can Sounds good. That. It'll be on their minds. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just like teams from everywhere. So definitely our main goal is to just go out there and dominate. But it's our home event, so. Yeah. The WCC championships are in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. It'll be the last blast in the WCC for women's golf. Mm -hmm before the squad moves on to the Big 12. Looking forward, as the two of you finish up, how's the program look for the Big 12 starting next year? Yeah, I think it looks great. I mean, um, we've got 
Alexa, Berlin, Sunbin, Leela, um, just, and I know we have three people coming in, I believe, and I think it's looking good. Um, Coach knows what she's doing, and I think we've built a good foundation um, over these past five years and kind of shown some of the younger kids the ropes of kind of what you should do and um, what it takes to work hard and kind of see success. So I think it's looking good, yeah. You talk to a lot of the athletes on campus. Do you feel like you play the best collegiate sport that you could play? Golf? Like LaBelle Edwards said, if I could do it again, I would have played golf at BYU. Travel-wise, yes. Oh, yeah. We get you get to go, go to some cool oh, places. Oh, yeah. Amazing. And you guys go hard on food. Oh. Like, there's an Instagram account. <laughs> yeah. What is it again? The Instagram? BYU Golf Foodies. It's fun. It shows where you guys go. Seriously, yeah. I would say we definitely eat the best oh. out of any team on campus. But, I mean, yeah. And Why you hang not? out with Why Carrie Roberts. Go? Yeah. Carrie's a baller. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We play Pebble Beach. Yeah. We go to New Zealand, play the best courses. Hawaii. 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 Miami. Miami. Yep, Miami multiple It is the best. Yeah. <laughs> it is the best. Yeah. The best. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no disputing. Everyone else watching this is going, well, you're right, we should have golfed. <laughs> We should have golfed when we were young. And this is a sport you can play your entire life, exactly. right? As opposed to like football, it's like once you're done, you're kind of done. You yeah. don't get the same sort of feeling, right? Um, playing in the turkey ball. It just, <laughs> it just doesn't work. You're dominating right? the yeah. turkey ball. Yeah. Exactly. What's next, speaking of life after golf and, and after, after this season, if the pros don't work out, what, what's, what's ahead for you? Yeah, so um, I am, I have decided to go to Q school and see where that takes me. Um, but I am on contract to work for an accounting advisory group um, down in Lehigh. So I'll be in Utah. And, Good. Yeah. You're set. You're set. That's yeah. awesome. I think, what about you? Well, sports broadcasting, right? Uh, sports media? <laughs> well, maybe. I'm hoping to work <laughs> with some sort of professional team, maybe, most likely hockey. Um, Golden maybe. Knights? Is that yes. the hope? That's the main goal. Nice. But we might be going up to Canada. You know, I'm flexible, so. That's Remember, awesome. you used to hang out with us a little bit. Yeah, for you were like here for like, a, four hours. like literally four hours. <laughs> four hours. Yeah, with you. Was it? I, I want no part I of this. I had enough of Dave. Yeah, uh, no. I can only take an hour, and then we do. That's right. Stuff, so four yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This week it's it was only two hours, but uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. Best of luck, and we encourage everybody to go to Riverside if you want to check out the women's golf team and uh, BYU uh, paying back Northern Illinois. Well, we uh, checked the forecast: upper 60s for Monday and Tuesday. That'll be perfect. It's like a miracle. Exactly. <laughs> yes, Literally is. a miracle. It's awesome. Uh, BYU Sports Nation karma to you as well. Have Thank a great you. tournament. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Cooper Vest got the karma yesterday. Had two big hits last night. And a big catch out in left field. I feel uh, some rounds in the 60s. The karma's coming. I, I really do. Let's go. Yep. Good Let's luck go. to you. Thank you. Hey, softball's going to finally get a home game. How about that? Dale Miller Field. Monday against rival Utah. 7 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. And today's Rise and Shout Out goes to the national champ from BYU. You didn't know, just won a national championship. We'll tell you about it. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation's on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps and listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review 
and mostly enjoy. Our question of the day is this. How much better at golf are Anik Hutchkevich and Alicia Mateo than the two of us? The answer is great. And how many wins does BYU need this season to feel comfortable about becoming bowl eligible? Uh, Russell Grizz on Twitter, huge BYU fan. Seeing as the two easiest games on the schedule are the first two home games, I want to say we need to win four home games to feel comfortable. Yeah, that was kind of what we agreed on. You brought up, hey, maybe five. Puka mentioned five as well. You know that BYU can bring it at home. Certainly BYU's brought it on the road at times against some really big teams. The hope is they can do that again. But it's different when in the offseason you're gearing up for that huge game at Wisconsin versus, oh, we have, in theory, six huge road games. I like what Puka said about the magic of the stadium and and how the team plays there. For a guy who did that, uh, that home confidence has got to come bigger than ever this fall and and get four, maybe five, and you get five, and all of a sudden you're going, hey, I love that. We, we're, we're where we're supposed to be. Yep. You know. I love the idea of five. Uh, at that point, might as well go for six. All right, leave voice of the day. <laughs> Presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Greg Welch on Twitter. One SEC and five Big 12 road games. Every game dropped, uh, dropped at home has to be picked up on the road. Five and one at home means you need to only win one road game. Go four and two at home. Now you need to beat West Virginia and someone else. That's kind of the logic we were thinking of. Okay, if you can get four at home, yes. Just get the two. And we're talking about bowl eligibility only, which is the minimum threshold. Do we all agree that next year the minimum threshold is bowl game? I don't think we will ever at BYU tolerate less than that, right? Yeah. It is bowl game plus, I think, always. I think competing in the middle and, and competing in the middle gets you into an ice ball game. And we're talking about the cheese at bowl. You know, I think it's sixth place, maybe seventh place for six million bucks. Which is which more is than BYU has ever increase. played for in any bowl game, including the Cotton Bowl. On and now you share that with everybody, but they share with you. And, and the five teams before you are, are, are yep. getting bigger payouts. Yep. But, uh, yeah, in the middle, bowl eligible. Everything else is gravy. At least. Anything under that is, okay, this dang. All right. Yeah. We'll never we expect to not make a bowl game. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Taylor Rowley, BYU's Collegiate Disc Golf National Champion in the uh, singles category. Congratulations to Taylor. Our thanks to today's guests, Puka Nakua, Nick Hutchkevich, and Alicia Maymond. I hope she gets a green jacket. <laughs> Conversation <laughs> continues 24-7, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Dave, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Rose Wong. Sorry to Dennis, no time. We'll see you tonight for baseball against San Francisco. Go Cougs.